0: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside
1: Church. We mistake our career. We mistake all kinds of things and we, we become confused and we lose focus and we take our eyes off of the ball. And situations and circumstances combine to threaten and to intimidate us. And we might even be tempted to uh, flee hardship. But I love that quote last week. I love Benjamin Franklin's quote. We must hang together or surely we will hang separately. I can
0: see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The anthem for all my life Every dragon will fall the mountains will move every chain of the past. You've broken into all the fear of the lies. We're singing the truth that nothing is impossible with you. Oh, Nothing is impossible. Some people see church as a social club or sometimes even a country club. In fact, there are many people that come to church, or even some that stay home for church, for all kinds of different reasons. Some are good, and some not so good. Well, hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so grateful that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the broadcast And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we're continuing with our series covering the pastoral epistles in 2 Timothy. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today again to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 as we hear part 2 of Pastor Keith's message entitled, The Facts of Life, Embracing the Hardships. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
1: And so we talked about the need to make the gathering together a priority. We have to make it a priority through the spiritual discipline of investing in others, of passing the baton from one human being to the next. And that involves us being together. What you have heard from me and in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will make, who will be able to teach others. Make church, make in-person worship. Make discipleship, make serving together, just like in this volunteer fair out here, a priority. We need you, we need you here. We need to encourage you, you need to encourage us. We need to encourage one another with the love of Christ, with the hope of Christ as a family. Speaking of priorities, and now we sort of move into uh, this week's sermon, this week's message, part two. Our third form of spiritual self-discipline is the discipline of remaining focused on the right objectives. The self-discipline of prioritizing your suffering, of, of, of obedience, of, of faithfulness. The spiritual self-discipline of suffering or priority. They are two sides of the same coin. Sacrifice and obedience go together. And again, we see this uh, in verse 3. In concert with others, surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 4, share, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim or her aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An army is only as good as its individual soldiers and their commitment to the mission, individually and collectively. Share in the suffering means join with others in the suffering. Just as Timothy was to join in Paul's suffering, not to be embarrassed or ashamed of his chains, so you and I join in each other's suffering as we serve together as comrades in arms, as brothers and sisters in arms, as independent parts of the body of Christ fit jointly together. There's a command here, and unlike verse 1, which is in the passive voice, this is in the active voice. You share, you as the implied you, the understood you, you share in the suffering, and sharing involves numbers of people. Obedience and suffering requires discipline, self-control, That we might go against our natural inclinations to be fearful creatures and by act of will through the spiritual discipline of priority be like those firemen at the World Trade Center who rushed into a burning building. That's what's going on here. Share in the suffering as a good soldier. I remember watching those men on that day and then watching the films after, running into a building where some or all of them, as it turned out, were sure to be injured or killed. I listened to an interview recently uh, of, by, of a gentleman named Michael Day. He's written a b- book called Perfectly Wounded in the Anbar province in Iraq in 2007, I believe it was. He uh, breached a door in a house with two or three of his comrades with about 10 people behind him. And he was shot three times as he came through the door, and he collapsed in a heap on the ground. and they, they shot the other two people, and, and they just opened fire. These people had uh, you know AK-47s, which are roughly 30 caliber. Some of them had M16s, which are two, two, three high-velocity bullets. And they shot the gun out of his hand, and he collapsed on the floor, and he was severely wounded. They penetrated his uh, uh, body armor. And he saw that his friends were in jeopardy, and he knew if he laid there, because he was right at the feet of the people who shot him, if he just laid there, he might survive. But instead, he picked up his weapon, somehow reassembled it, and returned fire, and they shot him another 24 times before it was all over. And he neutralized the bad guys and saved a lot of lives. But that goes against our desire, doesn't it? But he wasn't thinking about his life, he wasn't thinking about his problems. He was thinking about his call to serve. To share in the suffering as a good soldier. In that case of the US of the Navy SEALs, the US Navy, we are called to share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You see this soldier analogy here. That's putting your life on hold, your preferences on hold and carrying out the mission that has been assigned to you not from the Pentagon but from the God of the universe, undistracted by civilian affairs in order to please God. It it involves focus on commitment. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Then you have these examples in the text, right? The soldier, the athlete, The hard-working farmer. People who put things on hold. Delayed gratification. Who make first things first. Who who focus on the right kinds of things. Avoiding distractions. Verse 4. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits. Since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. It's not about comfort, ease, or convenience. Souls are at stake. It's about commitment. It's about committing to the right things and the right kinds of things. 1 Peter 4 tells us to suffer as a Christian and that if we do, that we are blessed. And then it tells you not to suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer and then a funny word shows up there, as a meddler. Think about that. Meddler, murderer, thief, well, today, uh, we're often inclined to meddle, to get involved in the wrong kinds of things, and the wrong kinds of controversies. And we mistake politics as a means to salvation. We mistake our career. We mistake all kinds of things. And we, we become confused and we lose focus and we take our eyes off of the ball. And situations and circumstances combine to threaten and to intimidate us and we might even be tempted to uh, flee hardship. But I love that quote. Last week, I love Benjamin Franklin's quote: "We must hang together, or surely we will hang separately." You know, we have to be good soldiers, sharing together in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ, not entangled in unnecessary worldly pursuits. Because our aim is to come together and serve the God who saved us, to serve the God who enlisted us, to serve the God who raised us up for such a time as this. It is a single-minded devotion to one God. We cannot serve two masters. We will love one and hate the other. We will obey one. We will suffer for one and neglect the other. We have to be so careful. So hanging in and hanging on takes spiritual self-discipline like a soldier, like an athlete, like a farmer. We have to remember our orders. God has raised us up for such a time as this. He has given us our commission, the great commission. And we need to take what we have learned and drill and practice and dedicate ourselves to it until it becomes second nature. Which brings us to our fourth our fourth form of, of spiritual discipline and what is that the spiritual discipline of responding rather than reacting i also call it the spiritual discipline of reflecting of thinking things through of thoughtful intent and intentionality and determination responding rather than reacting where do we see that we see that in verse seven Verse 7 is the punctuation point, the exclamation point for the whole discourse in verses 1 through 6. And what does he say? He says, Think, think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. It's almost a bookend to be strengthened by the graces that are in Christ Jesus, right? Think it over. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding this is a command with a promise. Do what I say. Do all this stuff. Think it over. Figure it out. And the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And everything that speaks to how you're going to execute all this. How you're going to face every situation and circumstance. But this requires thought. This requires reflection. This requires not reacting. No knee-jerk reactions but responding to the challenges and the hardships that lie ahead or that you're facing right now. You know, James says, if anyone le- lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously, generously and without reproach, without insult. You know, in those days, in James' time, when you borrowed money, you know, you go to the bank today and you want to take out a mortgage loan or you want to borrow a little money, they're happy, they're... Have a seat, you know, uh, you know, have a bottle of water in the old days, you know, when there wasn't all the social distancing. To make yourself comfortable. But in those days when you borrowed money, when you asked for resources, you went to a guy who was next door to a loan shark. And he would lend you the money. But before he gave you the money, culturally, he insulted you. To let you know who was boss. And if you didn't pay this back, I'm going to sell you and your family and everything you own. That's not how God is. Think over what I say and the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Give, not loan, not sell. If anyone lacks lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That requires thought and intent. And he will give it to them without insult, without reproach. It's a command with a promise. A command with an explanation. A command given in love to encourage, to strengthen us in the graces of Christ. Out of love for Timothy... Paul's love for Timothy, out of Paul's love for the church, out of God's love for you and me and every Christian who will read his Bible. Think over what I say, for, because, the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Too often, churches, and the church, even in America and around the world, has been more reactionary than it has been responsive you know, we, we want our neighbors to like us. And people say, well, what will your neighbors think? You know, some say that we were too slow to open. Some say that we were too quick to open. Some aren't sure. But as a, as a leadership, we thought it over. We prayed over it. We thought through the scriptures. We looked at the science. No mask, masks, no masks, double masks. We looked at the law. We looked into the Word of God. We thought it over, and God gave us the wisdom to reopen and to move forward. See, seeking relevance and approval from our neighbors who don't know Christ, who don't love Christ. I mean, you know, we're already on the wrong side of every cultural debate homosexuality, divorce, abortion, whatever. They don't like us. We don't want to cause them to stumble. Most of them will turn on us. Some will turn to us. That's what our Thursday nights are about, where we lead people to Christ or point people to Christ on Communications Hill or elsewhere. But friendship with the world is hostility towards God. And it's not our job to blend in, but rather to stand out for Jesus. So today, as the churches look up from their Bibles and see which way the cultural wind is blowing, we have to do just the opposite. And so we have to think about what does the text say, what does the text mean, and how then shall we live, regardless of the cost or the outcome. Think over what I say, and the Lord will give you understanding in everything. After you've entrusted what you've heard from me, the sound doctrine, the word, to faithful men who will teach others also, as you do all these things, as you live for me, as you sacrifice for me, think over what I say. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. This is the Holy Spirit speaking through the pen of the Apostle Paul. This is the consummation of this discourse. He's going to shift gears. And in verse 8, he's going to start talking about remember who you serve. He's going to be talking about remember Jesus and remember who he is. But right here, he's kind of punctuating everything he said before with an exclamation point saying, Think these things over. Think over the discipline The discipline that I have talked about here, the spiritual self discipline of remembrance, of drawing strength from the graces of God, of investing in others, of suffering and sacrificing. Think these things over, and wisdom will be given you. Be strengthened, draw strength from God's faithfulness, disciple and invest in others as a church family, suffer hardship as a good soldier of Christ, share in the suffering of others. And put all this together. Think this all through. And God will give you understanding. Not a clue. Understanding. In some things. No, it doesn't say some things. It says in everything. Friends, in the days ahead, if the, in, if the headlines are any indication of what's coming, things are going to get tougher nationwide. Worldwide, they already are. How will you prepare? How will you get ready? Because... These disciplines, we need to be inculcating, we need to be drilling, we need to be making them a part of our life, how we think, what we do, who we are, because you cannot cram for life, you cannot cram for suffering, you cannot cram for persecution. This isn't a quiz in high school or university. This is a calling, like that of a soldier, like that of an athlete, of, like that of a farmer, Yeah, people may turn against us, but people are going to be turning to us, and we have the word of life. So the question is, will we be ready? Will I be ready? Will you be ready? Will you be prepared? What can you do? Where can you start today? Well, today I'm going to give you four steps of application to get started with, to jump start, to put maybe for the first time the jumper cables on the battery, I don't know. And the first step is an easy step, and that involves getting in the game. Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's a team sport, and one of the baby steps you can take is after service, you go out front, and we have the volunteer fair all set up. You probably saw the tents as you came in. God has raised you up for, time, for such a time as this. He has given you abilities and strength And there is a way and a place to deploy the gifts that he has given you and the abilities that you have for the glory of God, for the good of others, and his own growth. And you just might discover them out there at the volunteer fair. Step two, another easy first step. We have a membership class next Sunday. If you've been here with us, if you've been online with us at 1230, There's a membership class next Sunday. Make plans to be there. Make plans to uh, perhaps marry this visible local bride of Christ. I don't know if your church has been closed down or maybe it's gone a little woke. I don't know. But you've been with us for a while. We'd love to have you serve with us. We need you. We need. The fields are white with harvest and we need people to formalize their relationship with this body of believers, so that we can care for and love and know you and that you can serve Christ putting your gifts to work here, in this place, in this town, for such a time as this. Step three. Gets a little more complicated. This Easter we're having three services eight o'clock AM, nine forty five, and eleven thirty. The eleven thirty is outdoor. We're also having two services for Good Friday at 5 and 7. We're doing that for a number of reasons. One, we don't know who will come. We've just dropped 10,000 pieces of mail, all kind of social media stuff. We're going to have a church service both times. We will spread you out where you'll be safe in two services. This room is supposedly rated for 900. We're probably going to limit it, obviously. We'll spread you out. You can wear a mask. You'll be safe. Come to Good Friday. And if you're not comfortable being indoors this time, Sunday, Easter Sunday, there'll be that 1130 outdoor service, and we cannot neglect. Therefore, we can come together to stimulate one another to love and the good works, not neglecting the assembling of ourselves together, and celebrate the resurrection. Four, you can start attending a small group. And, you know, we, we've been talk- we were talking with the ABF leaders about rebooting the ABFs and then came, you know, the uh, COVID-19. We continue that discussion and we're going to restart what we call fellowship groups. And this is a chance to get back to normal, to get equipped, to meet new friends and meet new people, to lock arms with your fellow soldiers in the body of Christ. This time was almost upon us so be in prayer be in prayer because we need you I need you the leadership needs you we need each other and we need to serve God together joyfully drawing courage and strength from the graces of God making his service his call our priority and sharing in each other's sufferings and figuring out where we go from here in the days the weeks and even months and years to come be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, and the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It is true, Lord. Sanctify us in truth, Lord. Father, we are a family. We are brothers and sisters in the family of God. Different parts fit jointly together. Rejoicing with those who rejoice, weeping with those who weep, encouraging and stimulating to one another to love and good works, all in the service of our good God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Give us wisdom for the days ahead, courage for the struggles that lie ahead, Father, and joy in that journey as we do what we do for the glory of God, for the good of others, and yes, our own growth. Pray these things with anticipation. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: And you can also find links to Pastor Keith's blog, as well as the Out of My Mind podcast. The website is also a great place to connect with us here at Hillside. You can find information on our service times, ministry opportunities, and of course you can browse our calendar of upcoming events. Again, all this and much, much more can be found by visiting our website, hillsidechurch.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time on Grace to Live.